This is Rob Hayworth, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. So, a trip to Villa as bleak and as drizzy as one could have anticipated. And while, as every year, it's a poignant time with poppies and silences, one of the few good things yesterday, it was also a day of remembrance for Raul Jimenez of how to score goals again. 18 months. Is the genie out of the bottle? Who knows? But bugger me, we need some sort of goal threat renaissance right now. So we have Raul Goldrow ended and Paulinha suspended. And we can argue about Robinson being a prat or Andreas being invisible like usual. And we will. But we were simply a 16th place team beaten by a top six side chasing a Champions League spot. And I do mean 16th minus 10 goal difference at the moment. Has the plug been pulled out and is the water starting to swell in the sink for Fulham FC in terms of a relegation battle? Well, with me to talk about the result, the dark side of the force, the vibes and consequences and much more are Don Love and Morgan Calton. I'm J-Mac and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. Right, so it's quite a, a fun match day, this one, despite the result. I've never been to Villa Park before, and you can imagine the scene as I looked over the, the mechanical hills of Birmingham at their ground. Morgs placed his hand on my shoulder and, and, and said, you'll never find a more wretched hive of brun and, <laughs> and villainy. <laughs> uh, it's enough of Star Wars nonsense, Morgs. Uh, I, I mean, if my, alleg- if my Alec Guinness was that good, that would be, yeah. <laughs> How's your head? Oh, my head is not very well today. I think yeah. um, clearly over medicating after the result or during the result, whatever it was. But no, we decided uh, to do it in fa- style. Well, yeah, but I haven't been drinking recently, and so obviously going hell for leather yesterday. Uh, unlike yeah. some of the players, you know, it was just a little bit too much for my um, my head and my brain, and certainly my body. But no, it was a good. It was a good day out from our point of view in terms of you know it was a fun away trip. But I mean the game itself. I think we knew going up there we weren't gonna well we weren't gonna win, I think was the mm. overall feeling. Um the fact that we were so poor in that first half. Uh you know, some yeah, we were half decent in the second half. So it was you know, the threat wasn't quite as um substantial from Villa, um yeah. apart from obviously their counter attacking goal. But it was just one of those frustrating games, really, wasn't it? I mean, once they scored that first goal you kind of knew writing was on the wall when the second went in. It's just like, oh, okay, Here fine. Go. Yeah, exactly. But it's a shame that we just didn't turn up in that first yeah. half. I think we, you know, it's great for Raul to get his goal. It's a shame that it happened when we were 3-0 down. I couldn't give him less of a shit at that point. Um, but, you know, you kind of would have preferred him to uh, get it against Wolves, I guess. But, yeah, it's it's just one of those days, isn't it? It was the weather was grim, the game was grim. Birmingham is always just horribly grim, and I think uh, <laughs> yeah, the weather and the the match really sort of summed that up. I think it was just I, I felt so, we felt so under the cosh from the first get go. Don, um, you, you know, you had a sort of a four two 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 formation. You had like Diaby and Watkins almost as two strikers just running us constantly. You had John McGinn and and. <laughs> Tielemans acting as wingers, but also pacing for it was just. I, I mean, we were lucky to get away with uh, that penalty. Well, I mean, it wasn't a penalty actually. We weren't lucky to get away with that, but it could have been. Yeah, it was just a, run, ran us ragged. I would say. Yeah, I think uh, once for once, VAR worked in our favor, and uh, it, you know could clearly see that the ball hit his face and not his his hand and everything else. So 
chalk one up for us and uh, a, a win with VAR, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah, the first half, it just, it sucked. There's no other word. You know, it, it was just shit. Um, our passing continues to be all over the place. Uh, our wayward passing, our, our hospital passes are just, it's just shit. Um, we can't seem to string three to four connecting passes, you know, that link up and actually create something, uh, as no matter how hard they try. Um, it seems like it's a rarity right now. Uh, yeah. as, as you said, you know, certain players were absent. Uh, I don't know where they were. They, they sure weren't at the game. Um, I do wish, uh, um, I think we'll talk about this, that, you know, Marco would have made changes sooner. Um, I, I do wish that maybe he would have thought about, for once, not just going for it. I know that's his style. He only wants to be on the front foot, attack, attack, attack. But I think there was a point where we should have maybe changed tactics. And I'm not saying sit back, you know, park the bus, defend, but that we played a little different style, you know, brought on other players and we played maybe a little bit different style, um, looking for more like the break or something. So, mm. Do you think that's the case, Morgs? We maybe showed them a bit too much respect for going a bit too gun ho. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the who scored sort of stats of who our worst player was, and it, it seems statistically from the starting lineup, our worst player was Bobby Decadovarin. And you can see why that. I mean, we're talking about the contrast of the, you know, the second half we were much better, but the first half there there were players seriously lacking like him, weren't there? And um, potentially, I'd say Andreas Pereira as well. Yeah, I mean. I don't know if we showed them too much respect. I mean, I think they were just better than us, really. Um, I mean, I think... that's it, isn't it? Yeah. It's like you, you may have shown them respect, but I mean, you've got to learn how to play against players like that. I mean, John McGinn was running the show, and that's, you know, there were other players hell, around yeah. him. I know. That's, he uh, just had Polinia sorted that entire game. He just rat, like knew exactly what to do. Um, yeah. Looks, I, I, he looks like a battered Mars bar, doesn't he? He just looks like a really weird looking guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not just saying that because he's Scottish, but there's something very odd looking about him. But I mean, yeah, brilliant performance from him. I, I think I think if someone, uh, if you told someone they look like a battered Mars bar, I think um, he'd probably have words <laughs> about that. Um, but I think you know, we just, uh, there were some the two goals that we could see in that first half. I mean, obviously, uh, McGinn's strike was great. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant finish. But, the lead up to both of them, we were so sloppy again, and in that, especially that second goal, we just didn't clear the ball, and yeah. we had you know multiple chances to clear it and just didn't. And again, we got um, you know our asses handed to us. Uh, and I think you know obviously that in that second half, the fact that they scored their third from one of our corners, that's just a bit of sort of you know that was a kick of the nuts really. But just yeah, they they just look really good. I mean, yeah, you know, the whole thing, the, the whole thing about how we managed to um, turn the tide for them by beating them and then Gerard getting sacked and Emery taking over. Uh, it's kind of almost wish we hadn't beaten them now and Gerard still was, was still in the job. But there we go. I'm sure we'll do them a favour again in the future. I mean, it's just one of those things. Don, I mean, Morgs mentioned all three goals that we conceded there. I mean, the one thing that a lot of people are talking about is obviously... The, the thing that connects them all is an Anthony Robinson mistake. Um, I, I like to think, for the benefit of the doubt, maybe for the first goal, even though it is actually a fucking own goal, that I, I feel like Leno could do actually a little bit more for getting to that ball. But yeah, it, it doesn't look good for old Anthony Robinson, the Jedi nightmare, as this pod is called. The, the first one, you know, I can't totally blame him. You know, he was, sadly, you know, he, he was trying to clear a ball or help out and, he was just in yeah. the wrong place at the wrong time. And, you know, 
the ball ricocheted off him. So the first one, yeah, you know, that, that kind of happens, but the other two I thought were just poor, very poor. Um, but, but all three were poor, you know, they, they really, all three were too easy. They came through us almost like, you know, a hot knife through butter. Um, they just looked, they looked technically better than us in how they passed and how they, uh, attacked forward. And it's remnants to me of what we were last season. That's missing. We just aren't like that. It seems like we used to be, but we're just not like that. And I, again, we'll talk about this later probably, but, uh, I have to think that it's three key positions Four, if I, or five, actually, that I, I wish to be addressed in the January window, I think need to be addressed and help us out. You know, obviously, we got to get a striker in there. Obviously, we need a right-footed uh, center back, uh, and we're going to need at least one winger, you know, to fix this. Because Harry isn't cutting it right now. Um, he has his moments of brilliance where he comes on and makes things happen. It seems like he only does well when he comes off the bench. I mean, for yeah. instance, this, this, his due is praise. He was but they're all kind of doing that. You know, even yeah. Bobby's kind of doing that. He's not, when they're starting, he doesn't, oh my God, make you think, oh, this is going to be awesome. But he comes off the bench and all of a sudden he makes something happen. Um, TC, I kind of wish we'd start getting more minutes. I really, really want to see him get more minutes. He seems to be coming off the bench and creating more and things just seem to look cleaner and better when he's around. So I really would like to start seeing him come off maybe as early as halftime, start coming on. Um, well, I, yeah, but, I was saying, uh, I mean, go on, Emma. But, but yeah, Silver doesn't really do that, does he? He doesn't no, make does halftime changes. But no. that's, it's not really his style. But um, I just want to go back to the, uh, the the Robinson goal quickly. Um, yeah, of course, Just man. because it was one of those, uh, I just looked at it again, and I feel sorry for Robinson because clearly he wasn't expecting the ball to come through to him. And exactly. yeah, Leno could have been a bit stronger in that position. Um, and, you know, I think whoever it was, uh, I don't know, it was Diaby, someone getting in the way. Um, mm. But it was just all a bit of a confusion, I think. So it, it was an unfortunate one. But I mean, the positioning for it was just odd as well. Like, I don't think, why was Robinson, you know, that far back? Shouldn't he been closer on Leno? Or, oh, sorry, on Diaby? Or should Leno have been, you know, just a bit stronger? in the challenge. I don't know. It's, I think from a own goal point of view, it's just most of the time, Diaby would have got there and put it in. He let it go. Leno didn't get to it. And then next one was just Robinson hanging at the back, not expecting to get the ball, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he has, but he has some, he's had some real defensive howlers this season so far. Um, I mean, he's really been at fault for quite a few of the goals and he score, he keeps scoring at the wrong pissing end, at the wrong, which is, which is even more funny. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, in terms of, again, I, I'm not going to defend on, Robinson. I'm not going to defend him, but you, you, if you watched, I watched the, the highlights over and over just because I was like, what in the hell happened? You yeah. can see in that first goal where Robinson gets the on goal. We're spread out. The defense, we are just wide open. And everybody's trying to shift quickly over to that uh, right-hand side because yeah. that's where the plays come from. That's where they've broken us down. That's where they've come through. And you know there's a cross coming in, so Reem and everybody's shifting. So Robinson is trying to pick up that middle and the runner uh, the, the runner from the middle, mm. but he gets the wrong side of Leno. He gets, you know – the wrong side of the runner. He should have been in front of the runner, but he's got a guy behind. So, you know, we can talk about positioning all we want. It was just unluck. 
for me, it was just pure unluck. The way the ball came in, the way Leno, he wasn't able to keep it from going all the way through because it goes past Leno and then it hits Robinson. If it doesn't hit Robinson, it would just kept going through. And I'm sure a Villa player probably would have picked it up more than likely with our luck. Well, yeah, but then sort of like, you know, four times out of five, that ball bounces the other way as well. well <laughs> so it's kind of a... It's just bad. I, don't, I think you can, you can overanalyze point, an own goal, but... Uh. The overall point or the theme for me is still it's the defense right now is as shaky as our midfield and everything. We, we are not solid right now in anything we've done. And I know and a lot of bad, that yeah. is because we don't have normal players in there. Tete's right. not in there. Tosin was, well, for whatever, position. wasn't available, I guess. Um, you know, Diop, hopefully he's coming back soon. You know, so there's a lot of things that are happening right now that Marco can't really do a whole lot about. He doesn't have a lot of options, sadly. A lot of great options. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. the problem with the whole freaking team right now. He doesn't have a lot of options. So while we have a lot of the same players from last season, for whatever reason, and maybe the striker is a big reason because we don't have the Mitrovic. I hate to say his name right now, but we, we don't have him. And it's just causing confusion, okay? People don't know where the ball is going to be, how to play the ball, what to do, it seems like. They're just running around with headless chickens. Okay? And while it's commendable that Calvin Bassey's actually, I think, been playing marginally well in a position he's not particularly obviously comfortable with, um, it must obviously just be actually, you know, not feeling very secure for our defence, knowing that that actually isn't his comfortable position. I mean, if, if we had Tosin or D up there, maybe we'd all would be a lot more secure. Castagna, again, I thought was all right. Had a quite a good game. Um, Tim Ream, for me, I don't know if that's... Uh, you can. I don't know, for me, I'm starting to see his age more and more each game recently, and I'm starting to see Bassi as that as that replacement down the road for him. I'm not too sure what anyone else thinks of that. I, th- I agree. I think I think really that's probably why they brought Bassi in in the first place. Well, yeah. To, you know, eventually be the um, heir to the throne. Um, it just, I but, feel Reem's age is starting to show a little bit more and more the yeah, last. I, I think when you're playing, he's not, I mean, he's never been the fastest. It's not, no. it's not his speed that he's there for. I mean, his composure under pressure is generally his sort of, you know, his, uh, his big strength. So the fact that, uh, you know, he's say starting to show his age a bit, there's no slight on him. He's just, he is 36. <laughs> he's a 36 yeah, year old yeah. centre back playing at a level that he's only in the last couple of years probably been up to um, because obviously he's aged like a fine wine, but there will be games when he gets found out, you know, the, the conditions, yes, they weren't ideal. The ball was going incredibly quickly off the surface. He was up against some very good attacking players with, with a high line, um, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the defense around him just wasn't really up to it either. So it's, I mean, it's multiple reasons can make excuses for them all, this, that, and the other. But I don't think he's sort of ready to put put out to pasture yet. I think he's just, you know, he's going to have a couple of games every now and then where he does look a bit uh, potentially over the hill. I don't want to say that; that's a bit mean. But you know, thirty-six. No, <laughs> so I, think, I, I mean, yeah, he could play. He could play up until he's forty in, in that position. You know, whether it's at the, in the Premier League or if it's MLS or wherever. But he's certainly n- no need to retire at the moment because he's clearly very fit and very he still loves the game so one last thing and I'll, I'll say about defense and then let's move on you know we'll, we'll talk about other things but yeah I'll talk at the midfield afterwards there was an interview last season I believe it was uh in which you know Tim was being asked about Reem was being asked about defense and 
what they've been doing so well and how things have been been working. And one of the interesting things that he said, two things that he said, one we all know is that uh, Palina is key, you know, sitting in front of them, that he right. just helps break up everything and takes pressure. But he also said the other thing that was really important and we're not getting this season was that Mitro actually right from the get go up top, he would drop and start putting pressure back on that ball if on the runners as much as he could to help mm-hmm. break up the play, help deflect what was going to be happening, the, the quick passing or whatnot. So what we're not seeing is we don't have that person up top. I'm not trying to put down uh, uh, you know, Vinny or any of those guys, but they don't put pressure right away on the ball like you know Mitro did. So the pressure isn't there. They're able yep. to take their time or they're able to break right away and it's just coming through us like, you know, water running through sand, sadly. You know, yeah. it, there's just nothing to stop it. So if, without that pressure up top, we're not getting it in the middle unless J.O.'s there. If he's not there, then it's on Reem and all of them to, you know, stop it. Yeah. And Reem's not the guy that he was. He's still great. It's like Morgan said. He's still great. There's no reason to retire. But we can't rely on him to be the guy that's going to have to clean everything up all the time. No, I, I can I can see Bassie maybe starting there soon, uh, potentially as a sort of a little experiment with ID up or Chelsea next to him. But you know, we talk about Polinia. I thought Polinia had actually quite an odd, bad, oddly bad game for us. But I think the, through the work of the very annoying John McGinn of just actually marking him out of a lot of situations, it, it, his hands were quite tied. Um, it was sad, and actually, I mean, you know, John McGinn for his goal. Um, from outside the box was, I mean, great goal. But I mean, you could see how he actually wrong-footed Polina in, in that situation. It just had his number the entire game, unfortunately. I, I want to talk about Andreas Pereira because, Morgz, I've seen so many stats about how he, he's creating the highest amount of chances um, at the moment and, and, and doing very well for us. But I've never seen a number 10 feel so invisible for us. Like, I mean, I know he hasn't recovered fully from his uh, ankle injury, you can say. But I mean, you look, you look at his stats from this game, just no shots, not a shot on target. And some will argue that, you know, there wasn't any chance for him to. But I, I just, as a number 10, I'm really, really missing someone like Fabio Carvalho. I'm missing like a, not not even like a number 10, like a second striker who isn't, doesn't just make a pass like to the side or to the front, but actually goes it and tries to score a goal. Because we need that at the moment with our lack of actual any idea of how to fucking score one. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I was about to say really is that, you know, you do need that shadow striker uh, at this point uh, because we don't have an actual striker. Um, well, certainly not a goal scoring one, but yeah, I think I will say we will yeah. we will praise Jimenez in a minute. Like it sounds like nothing happened for yeah, him, yeah. the poor guy. But like, yeah, but let's talk about yeah. As you go on, no, please. Well, mate. yeah, no, what one game is? Uh, it's great that he got his goal. Um, but yeah, up until this point, we are lacking a striker who can score. Yeah. And so in that case, you need the number ten to step up and weave his magic. You know, weighed in with a few goals, and Andreas hasn't done that this time round. And that's not to say that he won't, but as you say, he didn't have a preseason. He was had a bad injury. He clearly is hasn't quite got up to the same levels that he was last year, and which is a shame to see, really, because he was that good last year. And you kind of put all the preseason Pirlo stuff to bed with his performances. But this he had time someone around, like Mitro to help him, didn't he? That's uh, well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, you can you can paper over a load of cracks with a guy who's banging in goals and weighing in with sort of assists and general command of uh, the pitch. But we don't have that at the moment. And that is why we need the players who, you know, they put in um, great performances last year. 
across the board. It wasn't just because Mitro was there. They put in great, solid performances, creative, this, that, and the other. And they're really struggling this time around. And I think that could be down to you know various reasons, but not having a focal point up front certainly does create a lack of, I imagine, confidence that they'll score. And maybe that's what's affecting it. But realistically, if the striker's not scoring, then the players around him need to step up and show what they're worth, really. But well, even, even Pereira has definitely really, not done that yet. Williams, Williams, kind of again. He's another one. He's in the Ream category, isn't he? He's not really. He's very wasteful yet. this game. I thought. But, I mean, he made he made a lot of shots from like just there were moments where he could have made a pass, but actually tried to take a shot from far out. And obviously, he nearly scored in one of them. But there's just there's just a bit of sort of I don't know, like just a bit of this. He seems quite distant. <laughs> I don't know. It's just not really working with it. Again, not much for preseason may have had an effect. Um, but I, you know, we're now what are we three months into the season. I mean, that excuse can't really keep going because let's face it, they've had plenty of chance, uh, time to get up to speed now. Yeah. And William, yeah, he's not been, again, the same level he was at last season. Uh, but then there haven't really been any players that are at the same level. So that's kind of maybe a sort of a bit null and void, that argument. I don't really remember too much from yesterday, generally. <laughs> so yeah. I'm kind of... <laughs> I get all got I get- to be honest, folks, I can see you struggling a bit because you keep talking about last season. Well, you know, yeah, they were right. really good last season. <laughs> I remember last season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, no, Should have got me on after the Ipswich game. <laughs> yeah. You guys talk about, uh, you know, William taking shots, you know, from too far out and stuff. I don't mind him doing that every now and then. I don't want him doing it every time, but I don't mind him doing that every now and then because if the strikers are doing their job and are up top putting pressure on the defenders and everything, maybe they're going to pick up something garbage, you know, that the goalie spills it and they clean it up and they get a goal in, you know, it it happens all the time, but it's not happening with us because we aren't creating those chances. We Mm. seem to be wanting to dribble the damn thing into the box and tap it in or, or, or wait for a ball to come over the top and try and edit it. Again, the right striker knows where to be at the right time. We're not getting that right now. And so you get little flicks. Like there was a couple of times where William tried to do a little flick or a little ball through. Nobody was there, you know, and you could see he was frustrated by it. So again, a striker is going to be key for us. Uh, I want to go back real quick though. You, you were, you know, poor Paulina. He, he was under the gun from the get go with that ref. I'm sorry. He was targeted. You know, he, he couldn't do anything without that ref being up his butt saying, now I'm about to card you. Here's your yellow card. Or, you know, you're yeah, about 50 to... second minute yellow. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. The guy, is, I know he's got a rep, but some of those tackles and some of the shit that McGinn did, you know, he, he's a big guy, but he went over like a leaf of paper, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of shit. He knows what he, was, he, knows what he was so, doing. There's a lot uh, of shit. What's he going on. the booking for? The last one where he went in and he got the damn ball. He doesn't even touch McGinnon, and McGinnon just falls over. I mean, he literally right. just fucking falls over and face plants. And, you know, obviously he, he acted it out really well. And the referee had been buying it all freaking game uh, and just finally was like, okay, that's it, yellow card. And so sadly, we know what that means coming up for Wolves. We're going to be missing him, and that's going to be a huge loss, I think. Yeah, that's a big, big problem. Big problem. I, I mean, I want to talk. I, I mean, Awobi for me was still one of our best players of the, and he was for the last few games. I thought he was great. We, we got to talk about actually 
Deckard over Reed, really subpar from him. And obviously what Marco does is bring on Harry Wilson for him. And we spoke about this a few minutes ago where Harry Wilson is able to create these performances really well off the bench. But my God, it was it was a much, a very good performance from him. And that ball that he makes just to send it over the top from centrally um, to, to, to give, um, to give uh, Anthony Robinson and then to the past for... Jimenez for his first goal was very, very good. Um, it's it's annoying we don't... I mean, you see arguments that maybe actually Harry Wilson should maybe play more centrally. He's maybe the sort of number 10 we'd like more, but I, I don't know. You don't want to keep on changing, tinkering as much as everyone's wishes. Yeah. You, you don't. And obviously, Marco's got his, uh, you know, his pieces for his jigsaw and where he likes them. And I think you're right, though. I think Harry Wilson's number 10 isn't a bad shout because he's clearly got the eye for a pass. He's creative on, you know, on a, on his good day. He's a game changer, and he showed yesterday that when you know when he came on, that he does have the ability to, you know, get a team back into it. But he's just kind of again, you're right. He's a bit like sort of um, Bobby Reed yesterday. It's sort of like he when he starts games, he just doesn't seem quite as effective. Uh, you know, I, the whole adage of being a sort of good impact sub might be true in at this level because. Yeah, he does seem to come on and change games. And, you know, when he comes on as opposed to starting them. So it's a tough one, isn't it, really? I mean, he hasn't really cut it starting on the wings. So why not try him at, you know, the number 10 role? Um, if, you know, Prayer is clearly not sort of having the best of seasons so far. So why not change it up? Uh, he, you know, he might do something different. I mean, you know, he did it uh, for Wales the other day. And scored yeah, two goals. I think he was playing in that role then. So, I mean, obviously it's a different level, but you know, I kind of uh, I wouldn't be against seeing that being tried. Maybe it's, against Wolves, but maybe against Wolves. Um, we'll, we'll come on to what we might expect from Wolves in a bit. But I mean, obviously I've, I've mentioned. I mean, Robinson gets that assist. A bit of a bit of redemption there for um, his unfortunate circumstances with giving away pretty much every goal we conceded. But. There you go, Don. It's 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 Raúl Jiménez's uh, first goal for us, and I, I think Morgs and I can safely say we 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 didn't really care. <laughs> like it was just we weren't really not that we weren't like celebrate. It's just I think because the damage had already been done, and actually it all happened so fast out of nowhere. We were just a bit like it's just a shame that we couldn't celebrate it a bit more. But it just felt like the damage had been done, and I, I don't know. It's been so long now. It just it almost feels like I, mean, I don't know. Do you feel like this is now the start of something for him? Because I don't think many people do really. I hope it is because he's a really nice guy. I, I hope it really is the start of something. But I, I'm sadly I don't I don't know why I'm being such a pessimist on this. I am not being very optimistic on him right now. Um, I, we really need him to have a great international break, uh, bag some goals and, and, you know, play really nicely. I don't know what it is, but we've got to somehow, Marco's got to somehow find a, a new path for him, you know, something to light him up and get him going because there was a lot of times during the game I thought he was missing. He was playing too deep, um, you know, just – not really up top, not looking for somebody to put a ball in over the top or anything. So I am really excited that he, uh, I'm really happy that he got the goal. It was a, it was right place, right time, good finish. I don't know how we can get him to start doing that more often though. Um, a, because we're not getting the balls into service for those guys, but B, 
I just don't think he's the guy right now. I, I just don't see it clicking. So I hope, I hope and pray that I'm wrong, but I'm not. I mean, that was, yeah. that was very uplifting. I mean, um, you know. <laughs> I, I, I was inspired. I mean, it, it, does, it does sound like he's just died, but, you know. It's, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. This is going to change the course of the season. There you go. Raul has got a taste the for optimist. it. We're going to get it now. He's going to have 10 by the new year. Go on with it. I think he's going to like, bang a hat-trick again against Wolves. He won't celebrate because, obviously, he's a decent fellow. Um, and then there's going to be goals uh, flying in, and we will be 11th by New yep. Year's Day, having just beaten <laughs> Arsenal on New Year's Eve, and Jimenez to be uh, in the team of the month. If there is such a thing. If that shit yep. comes true, I need you to put my lottery numbers together, okay? Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Hungover Morgan is, yeah, he's, this is my prediction. He's a, he's a truth seer. <laughs> I've got to say, I thought Raul actually played, I mean, really, really well, even though obviously, he, I mean, he obviously he scored the goals. So it's obviously say he played well, but he, his link up play was very good. But as, as Morgs and I can, can say, because we went to Ipswich, he, he does, he does play very deep, like Don says, but he does create some really nice lay-ons and assisting for like, for instance, Kearney's goal against Ipswich. Like he, he, he does a lot of work actually. And I thought he worked really, really hard this game and deserved his goal. It's just such a shame. It was un, wasn't under a circumstance of taking a point at least. And, okay. And if that's, that's the case, if he's going to play deep like that and he provides assist, then perhaps, and I hate, you know, to, say this because a lot of people are going to want to give me stick and say oh jesus christ you got to fuck with everything maybe we need to change the system okay maybe we need to change the system maybe we need to play more like a 4-4-2 and he plays a little deeper and you have Torre or somebody up top you know uh chasing that defense going hard at it you know uh vinny maybe well, up uh, there I, I, maybe I he needs think, somebody to work off that maybe he well, needs. I, I completely agree i think him and as with another striker next to him would actually be pretty good but i just marcus silva has never i don't think ever done that and I, I can't see it happening and and that's the problem i mean but i mean obviously him and has been brought in to try, try and replicate mitrovic as much as he can it was originally signed as obviously his like understudy not understudy but his substitute and, and he you know like he has that to his game to obviously link up play and to create um, stuff from deep. But just, yeah, he, he hasn't got, we need something because, you know, something I was so jealous of in that the game is watching Ollie Watkins and Diaby just absolutely having a fucking thrill ride together as two strikers in this system, just completely going at us, like just making our defenders dizzy. And I was just so jealous to see something like that because it's 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 a shame. And I always feel like it would be really interesting. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be fun if we had Adama Traore and him and it was just up top? It's just two of them. <laughs> but actually, coming on to Adama Traore, he was, I mean, it was good to see him again. Well, didn't really do much, but you always feel like something's going to happen, et cetera, don't you? But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good to he's see exciting, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's kind of, he's a Bubakar Kamara with a slightly better touch. And yeah. he... Just he when it comes onto the pitch, you you know there's a good chance nothing will happen, but there's also that chance that something will happen, and he'll get the crowd going because there is nothing more exciting than a player with you know a hell of a lot of speed. I think yeah. running at a tiring defence. It was like when um, watching Bolo Torre against Ipswich, he was you know and back against Norwich as well, but in the, the round before, he was so quick that you knew that he was going to get himself to in, into a decent position. And I think the same with Triore. If it's like, if he's at full speed, 
you know that he's going to outpace the defender. Uh, God knows what's going to happen to the ball afterwards, but it's it's good to have him as a as a weapon on the pitch. For sure. And I, I, I'm looking far too much into this. I mean, it means it means piss all. But I mean, the fact that he was given the number eleven shirt always made me think: Oh, is he actually going to become a starting w- winger for us, as opposed to just being this super sub that comes on to cause havoc? And I, I wonder if that's something we might see later down the line. Um, maybe he is actually going to be our starting right winger for some games. Because um, I mean, I mean, sure he will be. I'm sure that was the. I'm sure that was the idea. Well, I but hope so, yeah. I mean. You know, getting injured thirty seconds after joining was not not going to really stand him in good stead for you know, the, the season. But I think um, he, uh, yeah, he will be a threat for us. And in much, I think he's basically been signed in the same way Dan James was signed for us, knowing yeah. that you know our counter attacking style benefits from a fast fast player. So and you're saying he might that. score a brace against Everton in the Carabao Cup then? That's what you're saying. He That's might exactly what I'm saying, if not a hat-trick. Right. So okay. Brilliant. before he's kicked into the, about six feet into the air by Michael Keane. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, looking at it wrong. Do you think we miss Harrison Reed at the moment, Don? Do you feel like that maybe actually you talked about maybe offering a bit more protection or a bit more sensibility? Is that the right word? Not sensitive, but a bit being a bit more sensible. Um, you know, at the start of the match, um, Harrison Reed came on and, and and looked pretty good. I mean, you feel like actually we're kind of moving on to Wolves now without Polinio. You very likely we might see Harrison Reed back again as a starter because he looked, you know, it's still he's still our guy, isn't he? I, I, actually, I don't. I wouldn't mind seeing more of him. And <clears throat> excuse me, I actually wouldn't have mind if Prera was on the bench. Iwobi went into the number ten, and Reed dropped in and was playing next to Paulinha again. And that way, Energizer Buddy is out there running like crazy, breaking things up, you know, doing his thing, and creates chances actually because he gets the ball back forward fairly quickly a lot of times. So, and then if you've got somebody like I will be sitting in there, he likes to cut in and do things. Um, the missing link still is that right wing. You know, we're just not getting the creativity out of that right wing right now. So but I wouldn't that- mind seeing that, you know, I will be a little up top more for creating and Reed dropped back down in. Do you think it's a case talking about bringing out the creativity in that right wing morgues? And and actually, you look at the stats of this guy that he had last year from his actual defensive uh, uh, duels that he won. I mean, so many. He was like the highest rated right back. I'm talking about Kenny Tete, obviously. Him coming back could be actually very massive for us in terms. I know we've we talked about Castagna and how noble he's been, and actually a very underrated gem of a signing for us. But we really do miss the old guard a bit, um, and and we played so well with some of the key players that last season. Kenny Tete for me would be if he's fit. I'd I'd love to see him back for Wolves. Yeah, I would as well. I think he's been a massive miss. Whether he, <clears throat> a right back is really a game changer uh, is another story. But I think having him back on the pitch um, would be, um, you know, would be a great asset to the team again because as I said defensively he was brilliant last season. He offers a threat going forward, and I think having him fit. And doing what he was doing last year could make a difference. But again, it would be, it seems a bit harsh on Castagna to see him dropped, given the fact that he has been incredibly dependable. And well, would you put Castagna in? 
Kostanik can play left uh, left back. Yeah, well. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him left back. I think he did all right against Luton when he played there, but I certainly wouldn't uh, have a right footed left back as first choice. But and fair I enough. What, the point I'm trying to make is though, would you? Because we're sort of delving on to how you'd like to see Wolves now briefly. I mean, do you think Robinson's done so many fuckeries recently that he could get dropped for someone like Kostanik? Or do you think Robinson will keep playing? Well, I, th- I think Robinson will keep playing. I don't think fair. unless he comes back from international duty and he's a bit tired or slightly injured. But then I think we see Bolatore in there because I'd actually, I'd like to see him get a go. I think he might be slightly, um, that might be a slight question mark over his defensive abilities, but going forward, he seems fun. So sure. I think, um, I don't, I'm not sure who the Wolves right back is, but if it, I can't imagine he's quicker than Bolatore. So maybe <laughs> that's something to... I think it might be Semedo. Semedo might it's be Semedo. Yeah, my my knowledge of wolves isn't great. Um, and <laughs> yeah, but I think Robinson, he is first choice for sure. I think he's had a couple of games recently where he's looked a bit like he's back to his old self, and that's not in a good way. Uh, but at the same time, he also got that assist. He was in the right place at the right time for Wilson's pass, and um, yeah. yeah, it was a fairly simple pass to Jimenez. But at the same time, he had to look. He had to look up for it. So fair play to him. But he's been picking up a few yellows. The own goal wasn't ideal. And so who knows? I mean, you know, Marco's got a couple of weeks now in which to try and work out what next to do. Now, if he's going to carry on doing the same thing that he's been doing for the last however many months, then that's his prerogative. Who am I to question him? Um, but... If he decides that he was going to try something different to try and freshen it up a bit, I think you know we it would be a good thing to see. And is that he's got two weeks? He's got a load of players away now on international duty, but we will have some key ones still at Motspur. So hopefully he does something and changes it up a bit, and maybe we won't be quite as predictable because I think we've kind of got a bit predictable of like uh, yeah. I think we'll we'll probably have Harrison Reed and Sasa Lukic as that um, defensive midfield duo um, together, and then probably as as Don hopes for with um, Awobi as the ten. But I, I'm just worried he's going to pick Andreas. Still, I just I feel Pereira really needs just a rest uh, and just needs to have a hard look. At well, he's got two weeks off now. He's not. He's not. He's not playing for Brazil. So obviously not. Okay. Well, that's fine. No. We better, I, I, then there's always then we might get a behind closed doors game in, might we? Because that's generally what happens. These yeah, that's breaks. true. That's true. I mean, we're talking about, Morgz has now quite well talked about, you know, the consequence of this game, what Marcus Silva needs to do, Don. I mean, we're 16th from the table and obviously come to Don uh, Morgz after this as well. But it, it kind of feels, we're not panicking, are we? But we're slightly worrying, right? I mean, 16th minus 10 goal difference, a quite good day for some of our relegation, hopefully not, but rivals beneath us uh, this weekend. I, I'm just, at what point... A defeat against Wolves, do we start really panicking? What point can I start being really J-Mac about this? <laughs> you know well, I mean? we've, we've talked quite a bit about this in our WhatsApp group. You know, uh, we, 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 we're we not playing like, oh my God, bad. Not like, let's panic. Well, no. Let, let's let's fucking jump out the plane without a parachute, you know. Well, like to interrupt you, Don. I've just got to say this as well because this, th- like this game. I know we lost and they were much better than us. But if you look at the stats, right, fifty-one percent possession, then forty-nine to us. They had twelve shots, we had nine. They had six on target, we had five. Um, it, it, it's not like 
it, it, we, we weren't uncompetitive. And I wouldn't say in any of our games we've been uncompetitive. Maybe a, maybe like a couple where we've been fucked over by a red card at Brentford, etc. But yeah, like, like you say, I, I don't think I'll let you talk. <laughs> no, it's, you're, you're, you're hitting everything right on the nail. You know, it, it's the same players as last season for the most part. They're just not clicking. Okay. We've got to, Marco has got to unlock them again and get them overachieving again like they did last season. We, we all know they overachieved and we have no problem with that. It was an awesome season. We need to replicate that. And, you know, there are certain key elements I think that are missing. Tete coming back, that's going to be a big one. Um, I, at least I think it's going to be a big one, a, a big, huge help there. Robinson, sadly, he's going, he's got two games in the international break. If he plays in both, I hope he doesn't because I swear I thought he was dealing with some type of hernia or sports hernia or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he has. And they were talking anything. surgery and everything else. So I was kind of hoping he'd have a rest two weeks. So I'm really hoping he has a rest. Uh, two weeks more for Tete to kind of get up to speed, get back into the games. Hopefully, you know, he'll play against Wolves. Um, who, who? Sorry to interrupt, but who of them, uh, the U.S. got this international break? Uh, we have... I got it on my calendar. Trinidad, I believe, is one of them. Um, bu- 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 oh, but like home or away. Noise. Kind of a, kind of... Yeah. So on the 16th, we play Trinidad. That's in the States. And then we play on the 20th. I believe we're at Trinidad. Yeah. So 16th, I think we're, in, we're in the States. Yeah. 20th, we're, we're there. But both are at Trinidad, so. But I guess on the plus side, there he's got a week to get back from Trinidad. I mean, obviously they yeah. fly business class or whatever, so it's not so bad. And then sort of recover. So I don't think um, the recovery time should be an issue. But no, hopefully he but won't still, play full ninety minutes for both. Of them. Yeah, I, I was kind of like I said, I was kind of hoping he'd have a little bit of rest or be allowed to deal with whatever his injury is. I don't. I don't know how bad the injury is. We, we've not really had it, heard anything official, but you know, supposedly he is dealing with something. But well, it doesn't rate, seem to be affecting his pace. Luckily, I mean that, that assist he made was, was was all down to how much of an engine he's got. <laughs> I mean, he seems to be running still okay. Luckily, but yeah, there's something probably going on there that needs to be fixed. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully during this pleasant. international break, Marco is able to look at his players and kind of reformulate a the lineup and then maybe the formation, uh, how, how he's going to rejuvenate this team, get them firing again on all cylinders and B, you know, hopefully some of these players are going to get somewhat of a rest at least and a break, you know, to, you know, get their belly back to where it needs to be, you know, full, full and charged up and ready to hit the grounds running because yeah, the next yeah. couple of games are going to be really important. Of course, and, and we're now finally out of this rut, right? The, of the exactly. rut of bad games that we thought that you know we, we got a point against Brighton. You know, that was about as good as you look got, at our run yeah. of games coming in. Fulham's going to be a tough. I mean, Liverpool's going to be a tough one, yeah. but then there's some some games in there that are they're right around us. These these teams that we should be competitive with right now. Yeah, but the thing is, right? We have been competitive, and and hold your ears, Morgs, because you're not going to like some of the things I'm going to say because it's it's XG related. <laughs> but like, oh God. <laughs> In, in two weeks, how are we going to solve the fact that we are 19th? Probably, probably credit to Cottage Tactica for this. I just um, 
on his uh, Twitter. Oh, don't, 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 don't. No, no. We are 19th <laughs> for goals this season. We scored nine. We are 18th for XG. We are 18th for shots on target with 42. And with shot-creating actions, 70. I mean, it, it'll... Shot-creating actions. What fucking kind of nonsense is that? Well... <laughs> What is that? What? Science, Morgan. You know, Morgan's at the game yeah, almost like, every time. So I know he doesn't want to talk about this, but there is, a, and I'm not a big fan of XG and all that other shit. Uh, but just watching the games, you can physically see that things aren't happening. We're not creating the chances. We're not finishing the chances. We're not, you know, doing a lot of stuff. It's because you're using your so, eyes. You can see that. Well, exactly. We you can use your eyes if you watch the fucking game. You can actually see both, things aren't clicking, can... things aren't working. Yeah, yeah. I'm just mucking with you, J Mac. <laughs> but, but you're well, right, J Mac. Just... We've got to change those those statistics. We've got to start creating more chances. We've got to start creating more opportunities, and it's just not happening. I've been I just don't that. think. I, I think we all, we we try and just put a Wobi as the ten. Like we will are united on here. Uh, I feel like that's that's what that's. I mean, I know he didn't. I know he did set Everton on fire last season, but he was their best player and it was in that position he was doing it. And I, I feel like, I know apparently he's more comfortable with the eight, but just as a 10 with Lukic and Polina behind him, or in which case against Wolves, it would be Lukic and Reed. I, I just think that is the way forward for literally just trying a bit more, you know, panaz. I don't think there's anything to suggest that Marco will change the formation because we've had this formation since he started uh, managing us so I think it is just going to be about trying uh, players in maybe in their preferred roles maybe because I don't know if Awobi's preferred role is 10 you know, the 11 the 8 you know whatever it might He's, be he but said think- he said he he said eight, but I think his his best performances have become have come from the ten. I mean, that's that seems to be. I don't know, man. Well, none of us know. What but then, I, but then I would quite, I would, I quite like to see. I, I think Lukic plays well in that eight role. I think yeah, Reed's better off in that six, just clearing up in the you know in a slightly small smaller ginger way than Polina does, and he's he was great in that in front of the defense role. Yeah, a couple of seasons ago. So I think if he's there, then I'd have Lukic or Wobi in that eight role. Uh, but then I'd quite like to see Wobi in the 10. But then going back to our earlier point, Wilson in the 10 could be effective yeah. as well. But I do we try that out? I mean, let's think, but do we try that out? Or is it a case of we know that a Wobi plays in the 10 and we haven't done it with Wilson yet, but I think it would work or well, certainly wouldn't hurt trying. I could see us going for Wilson as right winger, Jimenez because he scored as a striker. Willian will stay as a left wing. And I think what you said, Morgs, was right with uh, maybe Lukic as the eight, Reed as the six, and maybe Awobi as the ten. I, I think that's what we should see. However, however, what I do think he'll do is put Lukic as the six and Reed as the eight. Okay. If, if he goes with Reed, because that's what he did against uh, Everton. That first right, game. okay. Okay. And that's kind of how I see him, even though Lukic is better in that eight role, being able to push forward. I'm going to kind of change the subject here real quick because I'm just looking at these games coming up for no, no, between now good, and the rest of, of December. I think we've talked so much about players and positions and everything. But and numbers, yeah. That's I'm, the I'm, stop. I'd be curious, what do you guys see as not being desperate but or vital, but hopeful for points between now and December? And if you look at those games, it's Wolves. Hopefully we're going to get something there. Liverpool, 
I kind of doubt it. Not saying we won't. Just saying is you know Liverpool at at, at their Anfield. No, we'll lose. We got we got Forest. <laughs> God bless. I hope we get something out of Forest. We got West Ham. Same thing. I really want to get something out of West Ham. Newcastle. Yeah, I think that's going to be a real tough one. Everton. We'll lose. God bless. Please let us get something out of there. Burnley. <laughs> we'll lose. <laughs> We'll lose. We'll lose. Come on, we'll man. <laughs> Everton. Look, Everton. Everton, just, Burnley, say, Bournemouth. Those are games. If we that beat we Everton in the points. Carabao quarterfinal, just so you know, that would be the fourth time we've won. At, <laughs> the fourth in a row that we've won at Goodison Park, and I just, I, I just, I just want to see a consistency. Bizarre. Yeah, I roll mean, right through those fixtures. I don't care if they're in the cup, the Premier League. Roll through them. Make it happen. And then after Everton, you've got Burnley at home and then Bournemouth away on Boxing Day. You've, you've got some good fixtures coming up. We just need to, yeah. The, I think the international breaks come at a very good time. I think we can all agree on that. But in terms of how many points I can see us getting in the next four, or let's say before Wolves, Liverpool, Forest, and West Ham, I, I mean, I can't see. Oh, I don't know, man. Six. Six would be good. Six to eight is what I'm hoping between now and Burnley. Mm. Bournemouth, eight points. Between now and Bournemouth, at least eight to nine points, I'm hoping. Yeah. Certainly going to – we need to go into the Christmas period with a a few points in, you know, that we've accumulated because it gets busy. We've got, you know, Burnley, Bournemouth and Arsenal in the space of a week. So yeah. well, eight days. So and when gonna be you don't want to panic. You said when when do you panic? When when does J Mac come out and you know and start yeah. panicking? You don't <laughs> want to panic, but if we're sitting with only let's say 14, 15 points going into January, okay, that we have just done shit, then you're allowing Bournemouth and maybe even Luton to start catching. You know, we're just we're just sitting. We're not really doing a whole much. Then I'm going to start panicking. If we don't start picking up, hopefully, six points between now and December to help keep us out of that damn bottom four is what I really want to stay out of. Yeah. There's just this Luton fan at the start of the season, right, who predicted that Luton will stay up on the last day of the season against in, in, a, in their game against us. And they'll be, and I'm, I, I just, it, it's living rent free in my head. <laughs> well, that's, that was your first mistake, listening to Luton fans. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I know. Stop, stop tuning into Luton podcasts. But- you know what? Right. We need we, we need to be we need to be in a good position uh, for January so we can actually tempt a striker to come and join us. Otherwise, it's going to be Danny Ings on loan. Last year. I think I think I think we were saying this on the train home last night. Probably. We I don't remember much, but yeah, it was no that that train journey was a little bit fuzzy. But yeah. it, that is it, that is the thing, isn't it? You can't. We need to go out there and be able to get a decent striker to sort our issue out. Uh, but at the same time, if we're seventeenth and we're battling against relegation, you know, on paper. Uh, we're going to end up with the, you know, Costas Metropolis chubby cousin. And yeah. that's, <laughs> we don't need that. We Who is that? Didn't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, it's I think he just made up a the, uh, the local grief place. I thought he's quite good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's better than, better than Metropolis. <laughs> yeah. I think we should actually or, give, uh, just go on, who... <laughs> No, we just we 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 will need to go, but we need to be able to entice someone. And the only way to entice a player to come in uh, to play in the Premier League is if we're showing some ambition. And being seventeenth is not really an ambition; it's just a or consequence of what's happened so far. 
or Tony Khan opens the purse strings and he drops a lot of coin. That's the the only other way it's going to happen is he says, Hey, I will give you the rainbow and spends a shitload of money yep. and brings in some relegation clause. That as says, well. Hey, here's a relegation clause. I'm going to spend a shitload of money on you. Here's the deal. We're going to try and Marco's going to convince him. I will rebuild a team around you. I, I will for fuck this. You year. can't say that someone in January. I'm I just mean, saying you might-, you, you might be able to entice somebody and say, Hey, listen, forget this year. Help us stay up. Help us get a better location, a better place. And next year we're going to go well, Gangbusters! We're gonna we're gonna go crazy, and we're gonna revamp this whole thing. Because dear I, Tony Khan, you could have avoided this fucking issue I if you'd done this in the summer. You're right. Yeah. Everybody knows it, and I would hope now he's looking at this age because he he's gotten away from his original thinking. Tony Khan's original thinking when he first came in was, you know, no old players. Okay. Well, now he's gone to the other extreme where we are one of the oldest league teams, average age wise, in the Premier League right now. And we need to change that. I, I've seen um, a tweet from a guy called um, Jimmy B. Good at Craven Cottage at Nine. Thanks for I say thanks for your input. You didn't message us, but I've just nicked your tweet. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's. I have a funny feeling this might be our new striker come the end of January, and it's a picture of Richarlison. And I'm like, oh no, Marcus Silva's old uh, old star. Oh, I take him. Like, I take him. I, I mean, I could see it happening because I think Spurs will buy an actual striker in January. Um, no, no, Charles, it is a striker, but you know what I mean. I, I can <laughs> a good one. I, yeah, he's 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 been having therapy to try and become a good striker again, but now he's injured. Is he? But um, yeah, but only temporary. Not for too long. I think like a month or two. But uh, yeah, someone like Richarlison sounds very Tony Khan last day loan, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I mean the thing with Charlison is that he's still, yeah, he's still got the fans on side though. Apparently, I mean the fans still back him. So yeah, yeah, isn't that he's got a major attitude uh, uh, problem uh, about him? I thought he he's uh, he's perfect. He's like Mitrovic. Then you know he's just gonna just yeah. you know, yeah. shit out to people. He is actually kind of it is kind of like a similar situation to the way you've got. Actually, I'm not getting into this. We're not signing Richardson. We need to we need to relax. We need to relax. No, we're gonna go out. We're gonna get gift all ban. Everything will be well. Uh, Tony Khan will put on his dark sunglasses to hide the sins of the night before and will come out just saying how well he's done and how excited he is and we will he will score 15 goals because he when he signed from uh, Starbeck whatever you pronounce that team in Norway for um, Ghent last season he ended up scoring like 16 goals in 15 games or something like that it was mad so I think he's going to do the same this January Okay, I wish I had looked at this tweet because now I keep thinking how Richarlison makes more and more sense because he needs to get some game time for the Cup of America and actually he won't be starting much of Spurs. I need to stop it. I need to stop it. We don't, we don't want Richarlison. He wouldn't be a bad signing. He's, no, he's a, a good idea, player. It's a pretty bad idea. Is it, should, is it really? Oh, fine. Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> it's, I don't think, it's, honestly, he's not scored any goals either. It's like, why would yeah, you no, think He's perfect for us. I know. <laughs> Jesus. We are the redemption. We, you know, we are the redemption club. We seem to find players and they redeem themselves. And I don't think he'd want to come to us either, but it's the Marcus Silva factor, I think, that would do it for him, just on, on loan to get some minutes and to try and re- well, rejuvenate him. Well, if anything, it'd be Marco staying in London and having game time, get, getting That's... ready for the, the America Cup and everything else. Those would be oh, the God. three things that could entice Jimmy him. be good. nailed it. This is going to happen, isn't it? Damn yeah, it. announce for Charleston. Oh, Damn. Yeah, Actually, get I think, old Fr- Fraudizio on it. 
I think actually we haven't mentioned uh, Vinicius did, did made a wonderful goal against Villa offside, of course, but that was a really nice composure to sort of send um, uh, Martinez uh, the wrong way, well, not wrong way. I was, I was racking my brains this morning to actually think if that actually happened or if I just imagined it. No, it was. I mean, no, it did I, actually I happen. Didn't it? Yeah. it did happen. It was the perfect moment. <laughs> you thought, oh my god, it's on! It's going to be three two, and it just, it was. He just timed it what, badly, unfortunately. What, what was it? Was he offside? He was offside. Yeah, he was offside. He was offside. But yeah, it's a shame. Jesus, it's Morgan, shame. did you did you do more than just spirits and you know? No, he no, just hasn't been drinking did, for did, a while. So it was. It was I've, I've, I've had I had ten weeks off the booze. Some acid or something. I've, some mushrooms where you felt like you were hallucinating. <laughs> I think I well, think I'll be a better place. Wigo and um, Mr. French were. They had to leave about uh, five minutes or ten minutes before the game actually ended. They they had done too much. I'm joking. They just wanted to leave and get there early because they knew what the result was going to be. <laughs> they um, yeah, they escaped early. Um, no, probably. I think it was the fact that I uh, I haven't been drinking for like uh, ten weeks, and we were. At, you know, you might have seen our uh, our picnic for the train up, but we yeah. we had a bottle. Of, we had breakfast wine, and then beers. And yeah, we opened the Shiraz at ten thirty in the morning. Yeah, and which was was, it was a cracking. It was a cracking bottle to open at ten thirty in the morning. I felt and... like such a dick. I got a. <laughs> I did it purely just to sort of try and get like you know, try and get Twitter famous for a few minutes. We're like, hey, look at us, we're idiots, you know. Look at us, but we're joining I in on the it. joke. So far, no, it was actually very nice. But I think um, yeah, I'll stick. Yeah. I'll stick to just ale or some beers next time. I'll just yeah, no, but now I, yeah, there are there are certain little blank spots within the game that may may or may not come back to me at some yeah. point. <laughs> Although my, well, my cheese almost got uh, stolen by Stewart. So. It's one of those games you don't want those blank spots coming back right now. You can ah, just find me that write them. it off. Just write it off. <laughs> I yeah, and I I think I share your sentiment, Morgs, of not really wanting to go back to Villa. It was lovely to go there and tick it off as a ground I've been to, but I mean it was just so grim, and I can't. You know, I don't think I don't think I'll be going. Yeah, there. I was there for '99 when we beat them in the cup, and that was that was a well, special moment. But that was 24 years ago, almost, almost 25 years ago, um, which makes me feel really old. But it's uh, that's that's my lasting memory of Villa Park, so I don't need to go there again many times. I don't think. Well, which that, means I'll probably go next season. So yeah, yeah. If we yeah, I, I gotta I gotta stop talking about if we're in the Premier League next season. It's we are in the Premier League. League. We'll be fine. It's just a bit crap fine. at the moment. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don, uh, anything you want to end with, or should we call it a day? No, I think we should call it a day. Uh, I think this has been nice. If I'm not mistaken, we don't need to do a Wolves real preview because uh, nah, Mr. Mr. Boney will be doing uh, something, I believe, during the international break. He will, yeah. He'll be previewing, I think, yeah. a bit of a bit of Wolves and some Liverpool. And um, I think he'll be talking to some, someone about a certain something, which I'm not allowed to reveal yet, but it's fine. All right. Well, thank you very much, my lovely co-host. Thank you to Morgan Carlton and thank you to Don Love, producer and lovely co-host. We'll be back. We'll be back next week with a preview for the next two games with Boney taking charge. And then after that, after the international break, we'll see what happens at Wolves. Stay safe. Come on, you whites. And if you like what we're here, please tell your friends about us. We're on the social media analysts. Thank you for listening to us. We try our best. Cheers.